Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 92. Today, you guys, I am hanging out with a woman that I am shocked I get to hang out with. Her name is Amy Porterfield. You might have heard of her from her incredible podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. Amy is the woman that got me onto podcasting. I started listening to her all the time, and she has inspired me in so many ways over the years. She has been somebody that I look to for inspiration, and now I'm just so thankful I can call her a friend. Today, Amy and I are talking all about live streaming, Facebook Live, and how it can impact your business, how to create a strategy around it, and how we manage our Facebook group for our students. This episode is filled with so much tangible information. I cannot wait to see how you put it to work in your business today. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my business idol. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Guess what? I know you. You want to know something I know about you? You're not a huge fan of sponsors and ads on your favorite shows. You probably hit that little button to skip through them so that you can get to the point of the episode. And trust me, friend, I get it. That's why I'm doing something a little outlandish and I am dropping all of our sponsors for the Gold Digger podcast. Call me radical, call me crazy, but I set out to make a show that was filled with free education that our industries were lacking and I am jumping back into alignment with that vision. So this show is is brought to you by our totally free guide, which is five easy ways to grow your email list. You can grab it for free at www.jkemaillist.com. That's right, a guide that's going to get you started, help you understand why email lists matter, and teach you to know exactly what to send. My biggest business regret is not starting an email list sooner, so this episode is dedicated to not letting you make the same mistake. Head to 
to www.jkemaillist.com and get growing that list of yours today. Now, what do you say? Let's hop into today's show. Here we go. Hey, gold diggers. It is Jenna Kutcher. And you guys, I'm having the best day today because I get to hang out with Amy Porterfield. Okay. She's going to totally giggle when I talk about her. So just don't listen to her laughing in the background because Amy was the woman that made me start listening to podcasts. And I don't even remember how I stumbled upon her, but I have spent way too many hours with Amy. Amy comes with me when I'm in the shower, when I'm on the treadmill, when I'm walking the dogs. And since we now moved to a town where I don't really drive anywhere during the week, I go out on walks with Amy. And so she She has been such an inspiration. I have taken multiple courses of hers and put what she teaches into action. And it is just such a cool moment to see how our friendship has started. And I'm just so thrilled to have you on the show. So welcome, Amy. Well, thank you so much. I wish I was with you in real life. Maybe not the shower thing, but the other stuff (laughs) would be really, really fun. Don't you wonder like where people listen to your podcast though? so funny. And And when you hear about it, you're like, wow, I've been all around the world today. (laughs) All around the world. I just wish I could get the benefits of everyone on the treadmill listening to me. Like, why can't I get those benefits? That would be amazing. Oh my (laughs) gosh. So since you are this amazing marketing guru, I want for you to kind of share your story because your story is something that always just inspires me and reminds me about how we all start somewhere and how we can pivot multiple times in our careers and really just pursue like what fires us up. So tell us a little bit about who Amy Porterfield is. Okay. So I actually started my marketing career with Harley Davidson motorcycles. And I often joke. I didn't know that. What? I'm so glad you didn't because I feel like I say this too much and everyone knows. No, I knew about Tony, but not this. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. So (laughs) I started with Harley Davidson motorcycles. My dad was a big biker guy and I loved motorcycles. I didn't have my own, but I liked to ride with my dad. And so I went to college at UC Santa Barbara and there was a dealership, a really big one in Ventura, California, which was near there. So I applied for the job. I got it. I was really young at the time. And I started doing the marketing events and marketing promos for a dealership. So it wasn't like the big corporate and I loved it. And it was during their hundredth anniversary. So there was a lot going on. And so I literally got my marketing chops from a company where they breed fanatics. I mean, they're tattooing the logo on their arms. So they know how to create a tribe and they know how to get people really, really excited. And so I learned so much from that experience and they ended up adding another dealership. So I got to really do so much around promotions and specific rides. So experiences that we got to create for people. So I absolutely loved it. However, around that time, I had a really bad breakup with this boy that I was just madly in love with. And we broke up and I couldn't sleep at night. So I'd lay on my couch in my little apartment in Ventura, California, and I would watch infomercials in the middle of the night. And guess who would pop up all the time but Tony Robbins. And so he'd be on the TV every single night. And I'd listen and I'd be like, who is this guy? This is not real. (laughs) And then I'd listen more and more and think, 
uh, who is this guy? And this stuff is amazing. And after a few weeks, I went to the library, got some Tony Robbins tapes, like cassette tapes, like serious stuff. And I started to listen to his content and loved it. So in this is kind of how I work. If I really like something, then I want more of it and I want to dive in. So I bought one of his online training programs. Then I went to one of his events and I thought, okay, this Tony guy is changing my life. Like really things started to turn around for me. And so I decided I need to work for him. And he was in San Diego, California, which was very far from where I was at at the time. I mean, I'm a California girl, so I don't go very far, but it was hours and hours away. But I applied for the job and they offered me a job at Tony Robbins for $30,000. And at Harley, I think I was making probably 60 when I left. And I thought, I can't take that big step back. Like I wasn't ready to do that. So I said no. And then they came back because I kind of held my ground and I got lucky because they offered me this job that was a lot more money and I got to manage his creative department. So the people that were going on the road with Tony, working on his content behind the scenes, backstage, working on his, his content for digital products, I got to work on all of that and it was amazing. And I started to travel more with him. So I got to travel the world, Fiji and the Philippines and Australia and work on this content and watch Tony do his thing from stage. So it was an amazing experience to say the least. And I often say I was there for over six years. I say that, you know, much of my entrepreneurial skill and knowledge came from learning the lessons that Tony taught me. So, so much of what I do now is rooted in what I learned from him. But I had this moment at Tony Robbins to get me to where I am today. And he was just getting into the online launching space and he had a meeting with all these internet marketers. So at our office in San Diego, he brought in Frank Kern, Jeff Walker, Evan Pagan, and so many more, all men to this table. <laughs> <laughs> and I was asked to take notes. So I literally, how humbling, I was asked to come into the meeting, wasn't even invited to the main table. I sat at a side table in oh this conference room. I know. And I took notes. And Tony went around and said, guys, tell me about your businesses. Like he was very curious about what they were doing. And so they all went around and they talked about their freedom and their creativity and what they were creating and how they were calling the shots. They were their own boss. They talked about the vacations they take and the time they have off. Like they talked lifestyle more so than business. And my ears perked up and I'm like, what are they talking about? I have to do it. I have to be what Whatever they are doing, I need to be that. I had no idea what was going on. But after that meeting, I started to learn more and more. Frank Kern, if you guys don't know who he is, he's a big internet marketer, like granddaddy. He's not that old, but like the guy is incredibly skillful in his marketing and he's taught so many of us. So he actually came into the business and did some consulting. So I got to see what he was doing, work with him. I asked to be moved to the marketing department so I could be in the launches. So I got in the trenches of online marketing and realized I've got to do this even more so. So that's when I got the entrepreneurial bug. And eventually I asked to go part-time so I could start doing social media outside of the Robbins organization because I got to dabble with social media in terms of Tony's Facebook page and Tony started to get on Twitter and I started to learn more and more. So 
I started to dabble outside of Robbins. And then finally, I got to the point that I'm like, I'm going for it. And I often say I just took the leap and I started my own social media consulting business. And that was my first kind of jump into this world. Isn't that crazy? How many years ago was that? So that was in 2008, 2009. Okay. So yeah. Isn't that wild? Oh my gosh. Have you ever like looked back and been like, I should have stayed? Cause I highly doubt that. Never in a million years. Isn't it wild? Isn't it wild <laughs> yes. how like how much we calculate the actual leap? But once you jump, you're like, oh my gosh, why did I wait so long? Yes. I mean, in those first two years, I would say to my husband, Hobie, oh my gosh, what if this doesn't work and I have to go back to corporate? So I had many fears like that, but I never thought, oh, I wish I stayed there because it was a lot more secure. I never, ever thought that. But you're right. Taking that leap, I almost thought I was making the worst decision of my life. <laughs> right. You're like, this is either the best or <laughs> the worst. But I also think too, a lot of people always ask me like, when is the right time to leave? And when you say like, if I fail, like what does failure actually look like? And it does. It just looks like going back onto the job market. And I don't think anyone would ever fault somebody for being like, Hey, I had this idea. I tried it on my own. It didn't work out. And now I'm back, you know, like that's no. not failure. Yeah. That's just a pivot. It's part of the experience. I 100% agree. So what are you doing nowadays? Share kind of what your business looks like. Because again, it's kind of transformed, especially over the last maybe two years or so. Yes. So things have definitely changed. So for the first two years when I left Robbins, I was consulting for social media and I hated it. I literally <laughs> created a business I hated. I'm not really good with working one-on-one -on -one in a consulting capacity. I often tease instead of having one big boss, literally, Tony is a huge guy. Instead of having one big boss, I had all these little mini bosses bossing me around, telling me what to do. I had no boundaries. So that consulting social media business was not perfect for me. And so then I decided I'm going to create online training programs. That's what I ultimately wanted to do. I learned a lot about digital programs when I was with Robbins. And so I thought I want to teach, I want to create programs. And so after two years, I finally got things together enough that I could stop consulting and sell my online training programs. So today, literally the only money I make is I sell my online training programs. I have three. And then I promote some other programs and products of some of my partners slash affiliate deals that I have. But that's the only money that's coming in. And so I'm proud of that because I know where my strengths are. I'm not very good at the consulting thing, but I am good at this other thing. I feel like you and I are like the same person a lot because <laughs> when I started teaching courses, I had like a ton of one-on-one -on -one components and I felt like all of a sudden my days were like eight hours of talking on the phone, which right before we started, we're both like, I hate talking on the phone. Yes. Like, why did I do that to myself? And so it's really cool. I feel like as you mature in your business, you start to figure out like this fires me up and like this drains me and like, how can I get to more of the being fired up stuff. 
It's so true. It's so true. You've got to listen to your, those voices in your head that are saying, why are you doing this? This is not <laughs> right. what you want to be doing. I wish or I like when you have more. plans and somebody cancels and you're like, thank God. Oh I didn't want to happen today. I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about video. And I know that you've talked about this on your show and I've listened to it and it still has not whacked me over the head and said, Jenna, like you need to get on on live more. And I figured who better to ask than the woman who has admitted to hating live streaming just as much as I do. (laughs) So talk to me a little bit about Facebook live, how it's in your business, kind of the fears around it and what you're working on. Okay. So what I'll tell you is every week I do about three hours of Facebook live video. However, not many people know that because I do a lot of live video inside of my Facebook groups. But I also think it's important that we're doing live video on our Facebook pages, which I'll do more and more as we get into the next season. But just in general, I think it's so incredibly important. But as Jenna said, I don't necessarily love it. And this is the first time I'm going to admit it outside of like talking to my friends is that I don't love it because I'm self-conscious of the way I look. And so my weight in particular, so I'll get on a video and then I'll see myself and be like, what? No, this is not working. I do not like that. But then at the same time, the reason I bring that up now, and it just makes me nervous even to say it out loud, is that one thing, Jenna actually reminded me of this, that most people are in their own heads and they're worried about their own things. So they're not even thinking about stuff like that. And the second thing is that no matter if I'm self-conscious with how I come across on video, there is no way that I can ignore it because right now in social media and just online marketing in general, there is nothing more powerful than showing up in real time and connecting with your audience. I just don't think there's anything else you can do that will make that kind of impact. And for me, I had to ask myself, okay, so are you going to be self-conscious about how you look on video or are you going to say, my audience matters more. What I'm doing here matters more than all of that. I'm going to show up anyway. So every single week, I just show up anyway. You know what's funny? I think you look beautiful when you are live. Well, I'm like, just going to carry you never, in my pocket every day. <laughs> I have never once, truthfully, I've never once thought twice about it. And it is so funny because whenever I do Facebook live, especially when you can see your face back at you, you know, you mm-hmm. like kind of like move in your chair a little bit. You're like, can I like make my collarbones stick out a little bit? Or like, <laughs> do I need it's to so put my true. chin down or up? Or like, how does this work? And I think that a lot of us, especially like you and I, like we live you know, for this online marketing and stuff. And we don't necessarily like, I literally have to schedule a shower into my day or it's just not going to happen. So I think it is so amazing. And it's been so fun to watch you evolve how you're showing up online in spite of the way that you feel. And just for the record, I think you look amazing. So how are you utilizing Facebook live in different ways on the different platforms. So inside of your groups and then on your own page. Okay. So let's talk about groups first. I have three Facebook groups. Each of them are paid groups. Meaning if you buy one of my programs, you get access into a private Facebook group. So every single week I go live in each of the groups. So what happens is I 
tell them the date and the time. And it's always the same date and same time unless I'm on vacation and we need to move something. My groups are pretty amazing in terms of letting me be flexible. But for instance, I have a a program called Courses That Convert. And every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, I'm there for an hour. And what we do is we collect questions in advance. So the day before, my community manager, Lindsay, will say, okay, guys, tomorrow's our Q&A with Amy. Post all your questions below. And she puts all those questions in a Google Doc for me and kind of cleans them up so that I'm not trying to read comments inside of a Facebook group and searching for their questions or whatever. So we get really organized around it. And then if they ask questions live, she'll put them in the Google Doc in real time with me. And so I'm just reading off this Google Doc and looking at their comments so we can engage while I'm doing it. And for a full hour, I am just boom, 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 question after question after question. And I do that in three of my groups. And It is exhausting for sure, (laughs) but so because I like to show up on video with hair and makeup done, I just choose one day a week that I know in the morning I'm getting ready and I'm all about my students and I'm going to be on video. So if I did this every single day of the week, it would never work. It's just Fridays. Well, I mean, that's impressive in its of itself that you can get ready on a Friday. (laughs) (laughs) I'm impressed. Do you? So here's a good question. So for people that do have courses and they use Facebook as a support, do you do this every Friday indefinitely? Do you have a cutoff date? Is it based around launches or how are you Mm -hmm. kind of managing that? So with my groups, they are ongoing. So there's no time that the group just goes away. So I just do it indefinitely. And I also create enough space to know if I want to change something up that I can. So if I decide, okay, I'm going to change it up and I'm just going to do it every other Friday, or we're going to try something new. I feel like I have the freedom to do so. Now, looking back, you probably want some legal language around any promise you make in a launch that might change over time. So maybe if you say, okay, for six months, I'm going to show up live every week in video. And then after that, we'll kind of reevaluate and see what happens. So you can be honest with your audience around that. But for me, it's just ongoing every single week until I want to change it up and I find a better way that something's changed and I want to add value. But that's awesome. I think that's super smart. I I think it works, but I will say, I also love the idea of selling a program. Oh, I did this with B-School. So I sold this program for Marie Forleo and I said, for six weeks, I am going to be in the group every single week, two times live on video, but just six weeks. And after the six weeks, we're done. And so when they signed up through me for Marie's program, they knew they had me on video, but after the six weeks, I was done. And that felt really good. I like to have an end date if possible. I think it helps people get through the content as well sometimes when you have an end date of your like Q&As because I think that when you're showing up live and like I've tried it in my courses where so it's a five-week program so then like the first week I'll answer questions about week one and I found that I think that more people get through the content in the right time frame because they know that we'll be answering specific questions to the content. But, you know, I'm always testing and trying it out because I hate to make promises if I'm not going to deliver it. So I feel like, you know, being indefinitely showing up and like being like every Friday, I'm going to show up. 
I give you mad props, my friend. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Don't say that because now I'm going to start thinking, well, am I crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are kind of crazy, but I love seeing you every Friday. Every time it pops up that you're on, I'm like, hey, hey. Um, I love that. So then how are you using Facebook Live when it comes to your business page? Because this is something I really need to work on. And you and I were talking and I just feel like so many entrepreneurs have it on their radar, but they don't necessarily know how to show up and why it's important. Yes. Okay. So when it comes to your Facebook page, the reason why I think it's so incredibly valuable is Facebook favors live video. So if you're struggling to get more fans or to get the exposure you're looking for, if you were to show up consistently, let's say once a week on your Facebook page, live video, Facebook is going to push you out to more people than you normally would have access to if you were just doing a static post with just an image. So just know that it is in your favor to be showing up on live video but we all know it could be incredibly daunting. So what I like to do is I like to schedule like a four week period just to kind of ease into it. This is what I tell my students. So pick four weeks in a row that you are going to show up live on video. And before you even do it, I want you to think about four different topics that you can talk about. And if possible, four different freebies that you can give away, or maybe two freebies and you use them in two of the episodes to make it four total. But what I want you to do is be really intentionable, intentional. I made up that word, I but be real, I knew you would be really intentional about showing up on these Facebook lives and what you're going to do. Now, I'm not a fan of bragging about like, well, I'm just going to show up and have a conversation like no big deal. I don't need to plan. These people that are watching your video have very limited time and it might be the first time they ever see you ever show up and deliver your content. So you want to come across as prepared as possible. Some of my very favorite entrepreneurs are all big preppers. They'll prepare for these kind of things and I think it makes a difference. So anyway... All you need is a quick little outline. That's what I mean by prepare. And you have somewhere to send them at the end of your Facebook live. And then let's say you're going to do it Thursdays at 10 a.m. for the next four weeks. You show up at 10 a.m. and you kind of have a template. You tell people who you are and what you're about in the first few minutes. And then you might start out with a question to get them talking. And then you get into your content. Three ways to do X, Y, Z. Seven tips to whatever it might be. But it's boom, boom, boom. You teach your content. And then at the end, you might want to answer some questions, get that engagement going, and then you have a call to action. So what I see in terms of making mistakes with a Facebook live is you do not give them their marching orders at the end. And if you can get into the habit of saying, if you like this and you want to dive into it deeper, I've got a free cheat sheet that you can use next time you tackle X, Y, Z. So then you have the URL ready and they can go to it. What's so powerful about this is now you have a list builder for your Facebook live. So you feel like, okay, this is worth the effort because it's not only going to get my message out there, but it's going to build my list. That Facebook lives live lives beyond the live. So now it's a recording on your Facebook page. And if you want to get really fancy, you could send an ad, you could use an ad to get more people to watch it. So there's so much you can do beyond just that live. 
Hey, hey, Jenna here. Sorry to jump in, but I wanted to pop back with a dose of encouragement and a little extra something something for you. You probably keep hearing top marketers say, it is all in the list. It's all in the list. And you're wondering what list they are talking about. Surely it cannot be your to-do list because that's a mile long. They are talking about email lists and rightfully so. Email marketing is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And to celebrate that simple little fact, I created a totally free guide, five easy ways to grow your email list. And you, my friend, you can get your hands on it at www.jkemaillist.com. Again, hop over to jkemaillist.com, get your guide and more resources all devoted to growing that email list of yours. I think that is so awesome. And I love the focus on list building because I think a lot of people believe that lie that Facebook is dead. We've all heard that. And so one, I think it's awesome to re-engage with your audience. But two, I think it is so important that then you have a plan for what that audience is going to do. And we all know that we don't own our Facebook audience but we do own our list. So I love that. Now, here are a few questions that come to mind. If you're going to do like a four-week series per se, would you have each week build off the last? Would each week be brand new content? Are you being strategic in what you're delivering in the order you're delivering it? Such a great question. Spoken like a true marketer. So (laughs) yes and yes. What I failed to mention is if you're going to do these four weeks of Facebook Live, one of the most optimal times to do it is right before a promotion. If you've got something to sell and you plan to sell it, let's say in a month or so, then why not lead up to it? And I did this for a promo. So what I did is I did four episodes that it it led up to a big promo I was doing. And each of the episodes, it was aligned with what I had planned to sell. Not perfectly aligned that everything was, you know, matchy matchy, like I'm going to teach this, but I'm going to sell this. And it's all perfectly aligned, but more so the topics made sense. And I also like to think about it in terms of if I'm going to sell this product, where is my student right now? Like what will warm them up to the idea of potentially, you know, entertaining the idea of buying a product like this? So what are the conversations I need to have before they're ever even ready to say, yes, I want to dive in and take that product. So that's how I kind of determine the content. So it doesn't have to build on each other each week, but it does have to be aligned with, let's say, whatever it is you plan to sell. And here's one thing that's really cool. I know it's a little bit more of an advanced strategy to run ads. But one thing that we did that worked like gangbusters was we did the four weeks of Facebook lives. And one thing that a lot of people don't know is that all those video views can be a targeting audience for your ads. So if people are watching your videos, you can retarget those video views with an ad to something you might promote down the road. And what we found through my last promotion was that the biggest bang for the buck, the most high performing target audience were my video views from the four weeks before the promo because they were most engaged. That is crazy. It was 
so exciting. Yeah. You and I love like the analytics <laughs> right? of everything. And so we like geek out over this stuff. Drew will be like, like what are you listening tip? to? And I'm like, how to create a webinar slide by slide. And he's like, seriously? And I'm like, this is so intriguing. <laughs> okay. I love it. We are one in the same. So here's my next question. Have you found an optimal length when it comes to live videos streaming specifically on your business page? So here's the tough part. Facebook favors longer videos. That's something that came out just a few months ago. So it might change, but they want these live videos. Of course they do. They want to keep people's attention as long as possible. So if you can make your videos 25, 30 minutes, that is going to help you get out into the newsfeed even more because the longer the video, the more they'll push it out there. But it's not just the length of the video. The video has to have some engagement. So that's why you want people commenting and having that two-way conversation. But I found that around 20 minutes is usually my sweet spot. And I'll even go to 30 minutes if I take a lot of questions and engage with my audience a lot. So that might feel long to some people, but it's interesting. If your topic's good and you're on point and really teaching something of value, people are going to stay. So 20 minutes to 30 minutes for me, at least is tends to be my sweet spot. I think it's so obvious how much Facebook is promoting videos too, because now you can watch a video while you scroll your newsfeed. Like that's yes. crazy. It's so annoying sometimes. Too, I know, right? right? I'm like, well, I, I'm doing too yeah. many things at once. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> Okay. So when you go live, do you read the comments as they're coming in or do you try to stay focused on your topic and then go to all the comments that are coming in? I love this question because there really is an art and a science behind doing a great Facebook live. And what I have seen and I've experienced in my own business is that you can't continue to read the comments and just do these one-off mentions of what someone says in the comment throughout your Facebook live, because it is so very boring and distracting for someone that showed up and they want to learn the content. So what I've experienced watching other people's Facebook lives is they're going to teach something, but they're reading the comments and I might not see all the comments they're seeing. They're going by fast, but the person presenting is saying something like, oh yeah, John, I totally agree. Uh -huh. oh, I'll get to that in a moment, Mary. And you're like, what are you talking about? Right. So I like to be mindful in the sense that somebody has shown up to learn something. So what I do is I engage in the beginning, usually ask a question to get the ball rolling, engage in the beginning. I teach my content. And at certain points, let's say I'm teaching five different tips. Maybe after tip number two, I'll go to the comments, kind of read a few and answer some specific questions. And then and come back. So I am not constantly looking at the comments. But the reason I feel good about that is I always have someone on my team in the comments during the Facebook Live. And if they can help, they will. And that makes me feel good. So I don't have to worry about anyone. Everyone's taken care of. And I'm just going to teach my content and then jump back intentionally into the comments. That's perfect. I have to share a hack with you that I don't, oh, I don't know. Now. You might already be doing this. But so we were struggling to keep up with like comments coming in during lives. And then also in, I felt really odd because I wasn't able to jump into my course groups every single day to answer questions, but I wanted my students to be heard every single day. And so we created a Facebook account for team Jenna Kutcher and then my team can log in under that account. So it's branded as my company. 
And that oh. way, then they're not like commenting under their own names. And so it's really cool because now we have an account for Team Jenna Kutcher. And then that way, no one on my team is logging in under me so that if I'm commenting back, it's totally from me. And then they can jump into my groups and answer questions throughout the week. Isn't okay, that kind of cool? I'm loving this. So just, I don't know that hack. So you're creating, is it a Facebook page that like a, says, no, just like Jenna an Kutcher? actual account. So like a as a human, so it's like Jenna Kutcher team. And then it has like a pink logo with my like JK on it. And then that way, anyone on my team can jump in and then they'll answer questions in my course group and then sign their name as to who answered it. Okay. I'm absolutely loving that. And I'm just going to have to steal it. Isn't that awesome? Cause then yes. too, when you're doing Facebook lives, then it's still branded under like Amy Porterfield. Obviously it's not you, but then people understand that it's not just a random person popping in to answer okay. a question. I love it because yeah, sometimes they're like, who's Lindsay? Like yeah. all my students <laughs> I know, know Lindsay, Lindsay. Schuster now. <laughs> yes. But people on my Facebook page might not know her as much. So right. I love idea. Great. Cause idea. we were trying to figure out like, how do you balance it all? And I'm like, you know, I don't feel comfortable having my team log in as me because I want it to be like authentically me when I'm answering. Yeah. But then it was like, they don't know who these certain people are or that they are on my team supporting and that I'm paying them wages to support them, you know? So yes. it, it seemed like the perfect balance. I love it. Okay. So my next question about live video is have you toyed around with Instagram live at all? So only a few times and Me too. I've only done it okay. like three times. I was going to say, have you done it? Because you definitely know way more about Instagram than I have. I like it. However, before when you did it, I think they've changed something. What have they changed recently where now I see those lives even mm -hmm. after they're live? So now it stays in your story. So people can click on your story and watch your past live, which is just still for the 24 hours, or they can watch your actual story. And I can't decide if I like it or not. It's nice because it gives more longevity to your broadcast. But at the same point, it's hard to like create super purposeful content knowing that it's going to disappear in 24 exactly. hours. Exactly. I think I would rather just stick with the 15 second short little videos and then when I'm going to do something live, I feel that I can make a bigger impact on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. So do you show slides when you do it? Do you use any external programs or are you just hopping on the original Facebook live? So I use Wirecast for okay. all of my Facebook lives and Wirecast at the time of this recording might be like around 500 bucks. So it's not cheap. However, if you were going to make it a practice to show up and do Facebook live continuously, it is definitely worth the investment because a few things, one, it's on your desktop. And I love using a camera like a Logitech. I get on Amazon, a Logitech webcam on my desktop instead of anything with my phone. I don't like doing live video from my phone. It just feels too clunky. And quite honestly, sometimes I can't even see the dang comments because they're so small. <laughs> so I like to use my desktop. So Wirecast allows me to be landscape, which looks fantastic. But then in addition to that, like you said, Jenna, I can add slides and I do. So I will prepare a few different slides and at the right time, I just click a button and now they're looking at a slide versus looking at me. And although being on video and having what I call direct to camera, the, the headshot in there, it gets boring after a while. So if you can spice things up with a few different images, which would be slides throughout your presentation, it just keeps people's attention longer. So that's why I love Wirecast. 
That's awesome. I use a program called Ecam Live, and oh. it's only $30, I think. And you can share your screen. So you could have like screen and screen. So like me and then slides and that kind of stuff. So if people are looking for a cheaper option to at least start on, Ecamm Live is a really good resource and you can stream directly into your groups through it as well, which is really nice. It just has a little bit of a lag when the comments are coming in. So sometimes I'll like say something really funny and then like nothing (laughs) happens and I'm like, okay, clearly that was a flop. And then like 20 seconds later, it's like people are with me. So you you just got to prepare for that slight yes. delay. <laughs> I think it's so funny. So have you found any secrets or any strategies that help encourage people to share your live videos? Have you ever tried anything like that? Oh, that's a good question. At one time I did. And really what it comes down to, this is going to sound so simple, but it was me actually making the request. And so I think we overlook this one that at the end of a Facebook live, you give your call to action, you have people go get your freebie, but you can definitely weave in there that, Hey, if you liked this and you want to share it, there's a button right below that you can share with your friends and family. So I encourage you to do so. So just the call out by itself made a significant difference in the amount of shares we got. But also one thing I do, so now that I have these three Facebook groups where I have a really captive audience, they're very loyal and I don't do my Facebook lives, you know, If I'm going to teach content, I'm going to teach it on my Facebook page, but you can share that into your groups. And when I do, and then I can encourage my students then to share it beyond that, that helps as well because it's a really loyal group inside that group and they're more likely to share. So that's one thing a lot of people don't know. Record your Facebook live on your page, but if you have groups, go ahead and share it into the group. That's super, super smart. Okay, I have one final question about this, and then I just want to talk life with you. My final question is this, and I've questioned testing this out. So if you've never done it, maybe we'll both test it out and see how it goes. When you go into a live webinar launch week, have you ever done your webinar on Facebook Live? Okay. So I have not. However, my good friend Rick Mulready has, and I told him report back, tell me everything. So what he did is he did a series of webinars on a typical webinar platform, like GoToWebinar. And then he, at the very last day, did a webinar live on Facebook, or maybe like the day before the cart was closing to be exact. And he said, look, I didn't have tons of people watching it to the very end. However, he was able to track about three or four sales that came in from that Facebook live. And we're talking about a $2,000 program. So it definitely was valuable to him. So I asked him if he would do it again. And he said, yes. So I might have to try it. Have you done it yet? I haven't. And I've thought about doing it. And so I'm curious because I think the timing would be very critical because you'd want to do it after your lives, do it after the replay has been sent out. And I think Rick was smart in the timing because you'd probably want to hit it right before cart close. The thing that's hard is that you don't necessarily have a way to follow up with that audience Mm -hmm. through email. So have you tried any of the Facebook messenger bots yet? I was going to say that's what I think he did. I think he somehow tied it into a messenger bot so that when people did have questions or they posted some kind of comment below, it would trigger the messenger bot. And I have done messenger bots on Facebook live and absolutely love them. So that's one thing that you can do. But 
you hit it on the head. I believe that it's not going to replace our traditional webinars. There's way too many distractions on Facebook in order for it to be a viable platform to get people to watch to the end, listen to what you're saying about the sales portion and go buy. I just wouldn't ever replace my traditional webinars with it. But timing wise, I do like the idea of before the cart closes a day or so before. But I think adding the messenger bot, huge addition that I think helps immensely because you're right. You want to find a way to follow up. Right. Exactly. Okay. So the last thing I want you to talk about is like your new studio and the recording (laughs) space that you have, because I think it's amazing. And I'm like sitting in my office, like totally not legit. So talk a little bit about that. Okay. So here's the funny thing that I actually said to Jenna before we came on to record. And I said, so why is it me, this girl that does not like video, decided to spend a lot of money on a video studio? And I think part of my personality is that I do, because I said in the very beginning, I see the immense value in this and I want to create a space where I do more and more of it. So I decided that I was so frustrated with trying to get the lighting right and set up the dang camera and put my computer computer on a bunch of books to pull it up more. I mean, the jankiness of what I've been through with video is ridiculous. So I decided to take a room in my house and create a video studio. And it's legit. I'm talking about dressing and lights and cameras everywhere and a big screen so I could see the monitor. And I will say that it has upped my game in video. I'm not totally comfortable with it yet, but I'm not giving up by any means. And I will eventually start a Facebook Live show that I want to do. So this video studio is going to be great for that. That is awesome. Now, is your Facebook live show going to replace your podcast? Is it going to be in place of it? What is the goal of that? Funny, you should ask from one podcaster to another. Here's why it's not live yet. No way would it replace my podcast. That's my favorite thing that I do. Do you, I'm assuming I, yeah. you love doing and I, your podcast. And I love your podcast. So I'd probably cry right now if you told me <laughs> oh, it was Thank done. you. <laughs> Definitely. I'm not going to replace it. It's my favorite thing I do. However, I thought that I could include some kind of live video component that would send more traffic to my podcast. So if I can figure that out, it's a little touchy because you don't want to give all of your podcast content away, why would anyone come listen? But I was thinking about finding a way to jump on video and talk about maybe the latest podcast episode with some things maybe that I didn't share or behind the scenes and then encourage my viewers to then go take the next step and listen to the podcast episode. I have not cracked the code yet, but I am determined. I like that. I think podcasting is really interesting because first off, I think that all of us podcasters should band together because chances are if people listen to one podcast, they're going to listen to multiple podcasts because I feel like once, like my mom had never listened to a podcast in her life until I started mine. And now she's like sending me like episodes from like (gasps) Oprah's super soul, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I'm like, mom. And she's like, I'm just loving this. And so I think first off that podcasters should totally unite forces. But second, I do think that if people have never encountered podcasting, it's a really hard thing to not just explain, but I also think iTunes doesn't make it totally easy for people to figure it out. Amen to that. I mean, even asking for a review, you have to like walk people (laughs) through five steps to even find the button. I know it is so so confusing. Oh my gosh. So what is next for you? What are you excited about right now? What's pumping you up? 
So I am most excited about a brand new program that has not even been decided. The topic is not decided. We're in our survey phase right now, but here's what I'm excited about. Usually I pre-record all of my online training programs and then I launch them and that works. I've done it like that for years and years, but I'm looking for easier ways for my students to get their programs up and running. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use webinars to promote my brand new program when we decide on what it's going to be about. And I'm going to deliver it live over a series of weeks and then take that and it will be the pre-recorded program down the road. So basically I'm going to be doing a live workshop at the beginning of the year and I'm very excited about it. That's amazing. So like people in person with you? Oh, no, no, no. Let's oh, not okay. get crazy here. I was like, so, wait, you're doing like an no, event? <laughs> I just, no, no, no. I just mean I'm going to be live on the video. Got it. I was like, that sounds like our nightmare. What are you doing? <laughs> okay, I do actually have a live event coming up this year, and I feel very nervous about it because you're right. I The whole get out there in the real world, oh my goodness, it's a lot for me. Isn't it funny? It is so interesting because I, I think a lot of times, too, people that do Facebook book lives and have shows like everyone assumes like they're extroverted and it is so much easier for me to like sit down with a microphone and my computer screen than to like show up to a group of like a hundred people and try to figure that out. And it's I, funny you say that. Is. I feel like you are such an extrovert. Oh. Like majorly. <laughs> I, can't I, even I recharge it. when I'm alone. So like if I'm with people too much, I'm like, I just need to like hermit myself away for a little bit. And I told Drew the other night, I was like, my dream is renting a hotel room and just not leaving it for 24 hours. Like get room service and sleep. <laughs> and he's like, seriously, like that's what you you fantasize about. Oh, amen. Me too. I love it. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh. So where can everybody find you? Well, thank you so much for asking. So I'm at amyporterfield.com and my podcast is online marketing made easy. Jenna, this has been so much fun. It feels like I just called you up on the phone and we got to chat forever. Well, I think that's kind of what it was. And I'm just thankful people get to listen in. But I want to just seriously thank you because you have taught me so much. There have been episodes of yours that I've listened to probably five times. Wow. And I am just so honored that we are friends and that you have just really poured your education into me. So you have to know that it does make a difference. And guys, you have to check out Amy's stuff. Her podcast is just filled with wisdom. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. You gold digging dream chaser, you.